Hi, everybody. I'm Joshua Danziger. And I'm Ethan Canfield. Today is Friday, September 17th, 2021. And this is The Young Perspective, where we talk about America's biggest political and social dilemmas from the eyes of two high schoolers. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Young Perspective. Today, we have a special episode. As many of you probably know, we have our good friend, Marissa Bishop, has been working on The Young Perspective, uh, the marketing side, side of things, for about a year now. She also does the newsletter. Um, and she has been very passionate about one issue, and that's abortion. Um, so she wanted to come on an episode and, and give her opinion. So we let her take the full reins for this episode. And uh, she's going to talk a little bit about the new Texas abortion bill, the Harpy bill, and give her opinions on it. So remember, this is Marissa's opinion. Each member of the perspective obviously has their own opinions. We're all entitled to that. But just keep in mind that this is um, her views. Hi, everyone. So I'm Marissa Bishop. And if you do not know me, well, I am the chief marketing officer for the Young Perspective, which means I help Josh and Ethan out with the monthly newsletters and all sorts of social media and etc. Just all basic types of marketing. And today I will be talking about abortion rights under storm in America. So more specifically, the Harpy Bill in Texas or SB8. So let's just get straight into that. And I'm going to be laying out the facts first, then we're going to go somewhat more into my opinions later. So last week, Governor Greg Abbott, Republican Governor Greg Abbott, signed into law a measure that would prohibit Texas abortions as early as six weeks. So you could have an abortion up till six weeks pregnancy, which is mostly before women know they are pregnant to begin with. And it also, the SB8 or the heartbeat bill also opens the door for almost any private citizen to sue abortion providers or people who got an abortion. So you can basically just if you're anyone, just anyone walking on the streets and you have some reasonable claim about abortion being provided or just generally um, you having an abortion past six week mark, you can get sued. Or if a healthcare provider um, recommends an abortion, let's say if the mother has a very little chance to live and the doctor recommends an abortion to save the mother's life, the mother can sue the doctor for simply trying to fulfill their oath of saving human life. Pro-choice movements say that it, the six-week cutoff is basically an hour advance to abortions because the six-week cutoff is simply two weeks after menstrual cycle. So the most commonly way that women know they aren't pregnant is by a menstrual cycle. And if you're giving only two weeks past that date, it is almost near impossible to assume that that will lead that you're pregnant then and that that's enough time to make the appointment and go through the mental capability go through the mental stages of i need to get an abortion because um as a woman i know that menstrual cycles and stuff they're so regular that having a two-week missed menstrual cycle is not necessarily something that screams you're pregnant right away it's more of a natural and simple and basic and common thing that happens and speaking more of this the medical world of this law 
um, the medical and legal experts, they say that the heartbeat bill term is misleading because the reason that it's saying the heartbeat bill is because Republicans believe that that is the age, that is the time where you can hear the heartbeat in a baby, but the baby or the embryo, sorry, does not even have a heart at that time. Um, embryos don't process a heart at that developmental stage in life. So a heartbeat is not even something that is a fact within the sonogram. And um, it's actually legal in Texas for a doctor to fake news on a sonogram to get the mother or the family to keep a child. So if we're at that six-week point and they're like, I want an abortion, it's also required for Texas to for citizens of Texas to see a sonogram, listen, and listen to that quote unquote heartbeat. So as kind of a propaganda type way to get the mother to be persuaded into keeping this child, which in my opinion personally is just very wrong and and it's very, just very wrong. So they are required to listen to this heartbeat that isn't even true in order for them to be convinced to keep a child in which they've already decided they do not want, right? It's, that's personally just, just crazy to me. Another thing is that it is just simply unconstitutional because the constitution mentions rights, right? That's all about the constitution. The constitution is all about rights. And there is no mention of persons conceived, but there is mentions of persons born. So if we want to talk about rights, those rights go straight to the mother, right? Those rights are not towards the child, the unborn child, the embryo. The rights are towards the mother because the rights are for people born. So you can make an argument that it is strictly unconstitutional for that for this law to be in effect because the embryo should not does not even have rights in the eyes of the Constitution. And also in the eyes of the Constitution, we still have our freedom of religion. And Governor Greg Abbott, when he was at the bill signing ceremony, said, quote, our creator endowed us with the right to life. And yet millions of children lose their right to life every year because of abortion, end quote. So. We're supposed to have this pretty much impossible separation of church and state, even if it's impossible to fully separate your beliefs in those two ideas of church and state, you're not even, uh, your, your direction and your reasoning should not strictly be within state. And in Governor Greg Abbott's quote, he simply mentions our creator. He directly mentions a religious aspect. And for me, that just simply goes against everything that has to do with freedom of religion. It, it throws all of that out the window and it just erases it. And it, it crushes any hope, I feel, of that ideology of, of you can practice in religion and your religion will not be influenced by what the, gov- what the, what the government says, right? So for me, that's just, it's heartbreaking. <laughs> um, and another part of it is that the Harpy Bill or SB8 has no, no exceptions for rape or incest. Governor Greg Abbott justified this by saying, and I quote, rape is a crime and Texas will work tirelessly to make sure that we eliminate all rapists from the streets of Texas by aggressively going out and arresting them and persecuting them on, and getting them off the streets, end quote. 
the Texas government has made little to no rape legislations within Greg Abbott's day. So if their focus is getting rapes off, getting rapes off the streets, they shouldn't they be doing that even before the abortion ban takes into place? Where has been this rape legislation that has been promised in this direct quote beforehand? In my opinion, I do not understand this at all. I do. I just. It, I don't understand it. Um, so that's just a, an opinionated version of the Harvey Bill. I'm not gonna lie. I did put a little my opinion into there, but I think it's impossible not to. Speaking from a woman who lives in Texas, it's a personal subject and it's scary. I mean, I've talked to so many of my friends and we're scared that something's going to happen to us and that we are not going to have the right to live our lives because a man known as Greg Abbott has taken that choice away from us. Um, So let's change gears a little bit and talk about just the general timeline of Texas abortion restrictions. Generally in America, the anti-abortion legislation rose up with anti-abortion slavery legislation. This is because when the abolishment movement came out, there became a scare in the workforce of these white male slave owners. Um, so with this anti-abortion outlook, it was a way to get there to get them to ground themselves into you have to have children so that they can work for me. And it is also it's so just generally anti-abortion legislation is rooted deeply in America within racism. So that's kind of like the basic timeline, but let's go into more of like what happened last decade in Texas. Um, so in 2011, Texas files, Texas filed to exclude Planned Parenthood from the 90% federally funded Medicaid waiver program. So Texas has this big feud with Planned Parenthood, which is, um, as many of you know, the uh, main probably abortion um, facility in America. Um, in 2012, what I was talking about before, Texas requires a sonogram before an abortion, forcing the parents to find more guilt in themselves before they go through this choice that would generally, most of the time, save their lives, whether fiscally, whether emotionally, or just biologically, whether they might actually save their lives. They have to go through the process and pain of seeing their child, their embryo, and seeing the heartbeat, hearing the heartbeat. And most times it doesn't even change a parent's mind. It just puts them through even further heartache. Also in 2013, Governor Rick Perry signed HB2 into law, House Bill 2, which um, banned abortions at 20 weeks or 22 weeks, um, excluding certain exceptions of um, rape, incest, or life-threatening causes. In 2015, Texas signed HB 3994, House Bill 3994 into effect, which made it harder for minors to abstain, um, to for minors to obtain an abortion um, without parental consent, um, which also creates a lot of controversy because religious parents are typically the people who do not want their child to get an abortion. And if a teen gets raped, now they need the parental consent, so they can't just go get an abortion. And most times their parents would say no to that, and they would have to live 
with a child, which could ruin lives in many ways. In, um, in, 20, in 2016, the U.S. Supreme Court rules HB2 as unconstitutional, um, stating that if enforced, they would place they would place an undue burden on women's access to abortion and offer limited health benefits. In 2017, Governor Greg Abbott signed SB8 into law, which required tissue to be buried or cremated and prohibiting dilation and evacuation abortion procedures. So that was the first part of SB8 that was signed into bill first before the um, what, what I mentioned earlier. So that was just like the first part of this unruly law uh, that was put in Texas. So requiring fetal tissue be buried and cremated just provided so much more fiscal um, responsibility for the mothers and the fathers and just the general family when that might be the general reason they're escaping the pregnancy to begin with. And it also prohibited types of um, very popular types of abortion, which just further restricted access in a way that was not necessarily necessary. In 2019, Texas signed into law that required a 24-hour pre-abortion sonogram. So not only now was a sonogram required, it was required within a day of the abortion, which, like I said, just created so much mental mental instability. Um, so, so all these are pressing up against Roe v. Wade. So Roe v. Wade was a Supreme Court case that the ruling decided that the due process clause of the 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution provides a, quote, right to privacy that, pro that protects a pregnant woman's right to choose whether or not to have an abortion. Roe v. Wade has been the grounding point of women's reproductive health for, for a long time now, since, since it was signed in the 1970s. Now, Texas SBA is pushing right up against that. And many abortion providers and many abortion care facilities and pro-choice movements have highly threatened to push this cause even further so that Roe v. Wade can take effect and overcharge, overcharge SB8. However, Roe v. Wade is currently being questioned and many pro-life movements are questioning and currently in the Supreme Court pro-life voters outweigh pro-choice voters. So if it came down to it, chances are pro-life would take stance. And that just, and with the current passing of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who worked so hard for this abortion access, it would just create a giant step back into every work that she did and every work this country has done towards women's rights. And I'm not trying to get personal here, but I live in Texas and I just honestly think it's scary because I, anything could happen. You know, you can't, you can't change the future. You can't, you can't change the past. You can't change what's going to happen to you. You can't change what's happening to you now. Everything's so uncertain, and one bad thing happens to you, you change your whole life. And that will bring a close to this week's episode of The Unperspective. We are happy to have Marissa on. We hope you enjoyed that. Something new from our daily or weekly 
podcast type of episode. But we will be back on next week, hopefully. Well, nicely. But soon me and Josh will back be, will be back on just us two recording as we usually do. I hope you have a great week and you check more of us on our Instagram, our socials, and you can check out our website, uh, theyoungperspective.net. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And remember, this was The Young Perspective.